Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is Enterprise Risk Management. What do you do to get your Board of Directors involved in this topic? We're talking with Pete Farenthold with Continental Airlines. Pete, thanks so much for joining me. Sure. Pete, just to get us started, why don't you tell us a bit about your background and your current role both with Continental Airlines as well as with RIMS? Uh, well, I'm the Managing Director of Risk Management for Continental Airlines. Uh, I've been here 12 years. Um, I also have responsibility for leading the ERM effort here at Continental. I uh, started it about uh, three years ago, and uh, I'm also the uh, Vice Chair of the ERM Development Committee for RIMS. So, Pete, as you look at this topic of enterprise risk management, or, or ERM, what do you see as the top issues currently in the industries? Uh, the financial crisis has uh, really focused a lot of attention on risk management and whether uh, more effective risk management could have uh, prevented it or somehow mitigated uh, the effects. Uh, this scrutiny is on financial institutions uh, for their uh, more direct role in it, but also on non-financial institutions, uh, on the uh, uh, on the idea that the non-financial institutions could have uh, asked more questions, uh, could have been a little better prepared for the economic downturn. So, um, risk management uh, uh, a, a very hot topic at the moment. Uh, the legislative environment is also changing as a result of the financial crisis, uh, and it's pushing organizations more toward ERM. The uh, Securities and Exchange Commission issued some proposed proxy rules back in July um, that would require uh, disclosure of the extent to which a board of directors is involved in the risk oversight process and the qualifications for the board members that perform that function to uh, manage that. Uh, the comment period on that is over with. Uh, it ended in September, and the SEC hasn't issued their their final uh, rules as yet, but the expectations is whatever changes they have will be uh, applicable to the 2010 proxies. Uh, in addition, uh, there are some um, legislative uh, proposals. Senator Schumer from New York in particular has a a piece of legislation called the Shareholder Bill of Rights uh, that would require an, a publicly traded organization to establish a board-level risk committee uh, with the oversight responsibility. Now, RIMS has looked at both of these uh, uh, both of these documents and provided some commentary. In general, RIMS supports the more direct involvement of the board in risk oversight. Um, so. There are uh, this in addition to Standard & Poor's, who's been out for at least a year or so, uh, with their requirement um, that the credit evaluation would include uh, an evaluation of an organization's risk management system. So a lot of things pushing in the direction of increasing the level of risk oversight, and ERM is um, the pathway to uh, taking a more holistic and uh, integrated look at uh, how an organization manages risk. So. The issues have now become how to how to whether to implement an ERM system and how do you go about doing that and and how do you make that system something that helps the organization uh, makes the the system sustainable so that um, it's not just creating another paperwork burden it is truly an additional value added. Well, Pete, you talked about boards of directors. I know you have a lot of experience there. 
my experience with a board is you start talking about an acronym like ERM and you start to see eyes rolling up in the heads. Uh, well, you're you're correct in that. Uh, uh, board uh, members have uh, uh, a lot on their plate. A lot of what they do uh, uh, sometimes to them appears to be um, um, formalities that um, uh, make it difficult for them to focus on what they're doing. So the, the last thing they want is another system that's um, that appears to be just a more elaborate way to do something they're already doing. And in particular with respect to risk management, the, the board members that I have talked to, uh, a lot of them believe that their existing system already addresses risk on an enterprise level and that uh, um, so they don't really need to go anywhere else with ERM. Um, and, and that's one of the big obstacles to uh, to bringing ERM forward. You have to demonstrate that uh, ERM is not just more paperwork, that ERM is truly a system that will enable you to make better decisions, uh, understand your business more fully, uh, and uh, evaluate um, where you're trying to go more accurately. Um, the, as far as demonstrating the value of an ERM system, it, it can provide better information, and that's really what the board is looking for. It, it can standardize uh, the measurement of risk because you will, if for us, for example, we have a, a particular set of criteria, and unless uh, a, a risk meets one of those criteria, it has a financial threshold, it has, uh, it, does it have an impact on credit ratings, things like that. Um, and what we're trying to do is uh, filter the risk so that the board is not looking at uh, small numbers or, or things that they would view as a responsibility of management to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so that's the first thing you have to convince the board that this is something new, that this is something better. Um, the system also provides them better information because it establishes some, some risk thresholds. Uh, there may be a... Um, an informal understanding uh, between management and the board as to what level of, uh, of risk should uh, move to the board for uh, some oversight. This system uh, would require the board to say, we, we want uh, earnings volatility within this range or cash flow within a certain range. And it, it will cause them to establish some particular measurement um, devices so that now management and the board are clear on, on what the critical numbers are, what's material, what they should be looking for. So that that's going to eliminate some misunderstandings. It's going to uh, keep some things from falling through the crack. Um, and the other thing that, that an uh, ERM system can do is it will help them understand their organization better. They may find uh, in um, the process that uh, the structure of their organization would it give them actually, uh, it gives them a, a competitive advantage in terms of risk, that they can take more risk than their competitor because um, they have more um, manufacturing capability or, or uh, unused capability or uh, their financing is better or some other aspect like that, but it can actually um, move to a competitive advantage, which uh, every board would be looking for. Um, once you've convinced the board to do this, um, uh, the second obstacle that you have that a lot of times holds back the process is that many of the risks that are looked at on the board level are strategic risks. It's it's not a question of what is my uh, what's my VAR, what's my value at risk for my 
um, investments or the derivatives I have in place? Um, what is my foreign currency exposure? Those, those are not the things that the board looks at. They're trying to figure out, uh, should we go into a merger that will commit us to equipment for 20 years? Uh, do we go into a product line? Um, and those are not things that you can easily put a number on. Um, however, you can, by evaluating them more in more detail, you can put a more accurate range, uh, both of probability and financial outcome, on those. And I think that's better information that the board can certainly use. They, they're probably getting something like that now but um, by having a more structured process, uh, they can get better information. And um, um, from their viewpoint, that's certainly going to be an advantage. So, Pete, you talked about some of the challenges getting the board engaged in something like ERM. In your experience with boards, what really works in getting them engaged? Uh, the key thing uh, is to uh, demonstrate that it is additional value to them. Um, many ERM uh, programs uh, start with a lot of uh, enthusiasm and work and end up documenting um, a lot of low-level risks. Um, the board uh, is assuming that certain things uh, are taken care of by management, and they don't need to know that. Um, the ERM system should... Um, provide uh, assurance that the material sort of ongoing risk that the organization is facing are um, are being handled um, so they have this baseline comfort that nothing huge is going to jump up and bite them um, and then uh, that the ERM system can help them with the these more difficult long-term uh, major decisions. Uh, that's what's going to work with them, is if they see this as something different, uh, then uh, the information they're getting now um, or uh, uh, the one of the other advantages to the ERM system that can be demonstrated is that it looks uh, at risk on a portfolio basis. It, a risk in one area of the organization can be um, uh, can be better or worse by its interrelatedness to a risk somewhere else. Um, what your purchasing people do to save money on uh, raw material, for example, can cause a problem with um, storage of the raw material at your manufacturing location. So by looking, and this is a simple example, but um, the point is if ERM will provide this sort of interrelated portfolio approach, which, again, the board will... Um, value because they see it as better information. So the flip side of this question, you, you, you talked about what works. What doesn't work when you're trying to engage a board in a topic like this? Uh, what doesn't work is uh, if it uh, uh, appears to address risk at too low a level and uh, it, it is not addressing their specific problems. Again, the, the board is making decisions uh, over the long term. Um, a number of years on acquisitions or equipment, um, competitive uh, moves or new products. Um, if if you come to them with your ERM system and say that um, uh, as a result of all this work, we can assure you that our um, our foreign currency exposure is uh, is not going to be a problem. Well, they're assuming it's not a problem anyway. Um, so it, it has to be, as I said, it has to be value-added information. And if you go at them with a list of 300 things that they think 299 of them 
weren't a problem for them to begin with. They're they're just going to dismiss this as um, more paperwork uh, and not any more uh, any more value. That's a great way to illustrate this. Now, it strikes me, Pete, that enterprise risk management is just one of the topics that a management is going to want to engage a board in. You've got lots of experience with a board. How do you measure the ongoing engagement of your board of directors with your information security practices and policies and the things that they really increasingly need to be kept abreast of and involved with? Uh, it will, um, it, it's like anything else that they deal with. It's going to be the, how often they ask and the type of questions they ask. Um, uh, some organizations look at risk, uh, on an annual basis, um, and, uh, I think that's, uh, an evolutionary process, uh, as the, as management provides better information, uh, the board will ask for that information more often. Um, if they uh, receive a risk evaluation at a given point in time and the circumstances that underlie some of those major risks have changed, if they are asking at that next quarterly board meeting, well, for example, with us, fuel prices, if if, if our budget was based on uh, fuel prices at a certain level and now they've gone up, they'll come back to us. Well, what does that mean for us? Uh, does that mean we change hedging? Does that mean we, we take some other steps? So it's going to be their, their level of uh, interest in the subject, and um, secondly, you'll you'll know that if you're addressing the strategic issues that they are interested in, um, their questioning will be ongoing because uh, strategic issues are never black and white sort of decisions. They're based on uh, a, a large group of assumptions about the future, about uh, what competitors will do, what raw materials will cost, and those issues are always evolving, uh, and uh, they will continue to ask these questions up to the point the decision is made or after the decision is made. So again, it's if they're asking about for more information, more detail, more analysis, and they're asking about updates to the information they've received for changes in the business environment, um, then you know that they are interested in risk. Uh, uh, as an ongoing topic. If, if you don't get any response, um, uh, then you're not giving them enough information. Uh, you're, you're giving them too, uh, too little or too low a level. Pete, one last question for you. In financial services especially, we've got a lot of organizations now that are trying to create this vital link with their boards of directors. If you could offer a piece of advice for how to create or strengthen this link, what would that advice be? Uh, well, the advice would be to uh, focus on their issues. Look at risk from their perspective. Um, risk is, has historically been managed in silos, and, and even an ERM system um, does not remove from those silos the responsibility to manage the risk uh, that's there. What ERM is going to do is it's going to look at how it's being managed and how the pieces fit with um, with the other exposures that are being managed, uh, if you provide, inf- if you want to provide information that the board is interested in, then you have to look at it from their view. What what do they care about? Uh, they don't care about uh, insurance necessarily. They don't care about uh, um, foreign currency hedges particularly, but uh, they do care if uh, they're about to invest in something that will uh, run out 
um, 20 years or require additional debt financing. So if if you are going to um, get them interested, you have to address it from from their level, which a lot of times will take a change in the perspective of um, the individual running the process. You have to think larger. Uh, you have to think higher up the chain um, than your own position. Uh, so that would be the um, the primary advice. And the, the other thing I would say is this, that uh, between the SEC and Standard and & Poor's and Congress, um, I think that there's going to be an opportunity uh, for ERM, uh, if, if an organization is thinking about implementing ERM, I think between those three organizations, they're going to open the window for for you in the next few months. Um, S&P uh, has been um, going through the process of revising their specific procedures that they're looking for, and then um, Congress and the SEC will come out with something. So the other advice I would have is prepare now. Start working on your system so that uh, when that opportunity opens with the board uh, and they they ask about ERM, do we should we have an ERM system or why don't we have an ERM system? Um, management's ready. They have done the legwork. They have uh, the system ready to present, uh, and they're able to demonstrate it. Otherwise, um, you're going to be behind, obviously. And uh, uh, if depending upon what the rules turn out to be, you may be in a scramble uh, to try to get something in place. So, um, if it's in the 2010 proxy statements, for example, that's going to be uh, there could be a fairly short fuse on that early in the year. So that would be my other advice is, is start working on it now um, so that you're ready when that question from, comes from the audit committee or from the board in general. That's sound advice. Pete, I want to thank you for your time and your insight today. Certainly glad to do it. We've been talking with Pete Farenthal with Continental Airlines. The topic has been enterprise risk management. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.